Good morning. 739 here on News Radio 92.3. Informative, local, dependable. I'm Andrew McKay. It's Pensacola Morning News. Joining us now, we have Mayor D.C. Reeves uh, from the city of Pensacola. Mr. Mayor, welcome back to the Pensacola Morning News, sir. Morning, Andrew. How are you? I'm doing great. I, I remember you kind of jokingly said at the last city council meeting something to the effect of, well, you know, this is a quick light one, but next month, man, <laughs> get ready. So next week's city council meeting, if I read it right, you're going to have the red light camera pre-ordinance, you know, kind of the, the ordinance that would make it possible to eventually have red light cameras. Uh, you're going to have the ordinance controlling traffic safety, what some people would view as a panhandling ordinance, but what you're you know, presenting as an ordinance to improve public safety and prevent people from getting hurt. Uh, on the side of the road when they're, you know, interfering with car traffic, that kind of thing. Um, you've got the building height uh, changes, and then you're going to have the pay scale pre, pre-work pre to try to set up the possibility of giving um, this 6.8, not across the board, but in the aggregate pay raise to the city of Pensacola. So light meeting next Thursday? I do what I say I'm going to do, Andrew. You know, <laughs> I, I promise a busy meeting, and that's what we're going to get. Um, but, hey, you know, I, I think all everything you just uh, said are all uh, great really you know potentially transformative uh, right. uh projects for our city uh that i think make us safer that certainly empower and and, and compensate our employees fairly that is i really believe is long overdue especially the folks making the least amount of money um at our city and and, and focusing on on quality not quantity we cut 30 vacant positions in order to do that uh, to come make the government a little smaller but with the hopes of making it more quality uh in terms of uh you know, paying. And so, yeah, lot, lots of great events, I think, for our city. So, uh, yes, I will not promise that this meeting will be 30 minutes, if that's what you're asking. So, um, I, I want to talk about all of these as much as we can today, but this, um, the pay scale one, okay, I don't know how to put this into practice, but as a business owner, former business owner, I know you're going to know what I'm getting at here. It seems to me like one of the biggest defects of government service pay is that it is not tied to performance. It's tied typically to tenure or maybe to job responsibilities. And I have always thought if there were some way to put people on basically a performance commission or a some kind of a pay schedule where, you know, the base pay is like 20 grand, but then if you really hit your objectives, not based on how many hours you're in the office, but if you hit these objectives, you know, you make 60. And if you don't hit those objectives, well, you make 30. That then you get what you pay for as a entity, but you will also tend to incentivize the best employees to say to stay, and to disincentivize the worst employees and make them want to leave. And you'll really get a an efficient. Is there any way to do that? Am I just naive for thinking that's possible? Um, there is a way to do it, which is is bringing greater accountability to the to every department, and and that what because ultimately that that is very logical what you just described, but it also uh, sidesteps what's really important, which is uh, accountability, you know, across departments, across the mayor's office, across city administration, is that, um, you know, I really look at our strategy this way, which is the same outcome. It, it is really saying, look, we we are in a battle with the private market, with other municipalities for talent, right? So what we pay for job X and someone else pays more, uh, then that makes it difficult to retain people that are quality right. people. It, it, it's difficult to get quality candidates. So, and then on top of that, when we look at the performance, let's just say the entire department, and we say, okay, well, um, how did you do this year? If every argument is undercut by saying, well, compensation's too low, we can't, we can't find quality people, right. well, then it, it makes it hard to hold accountability and outcomes. And so, I think there's so many wins here. Number one, we have people who who 
greatly deserve to make more money than they have. And we've done that by a study. We have, this is not DC's opinion. This is an expert opinion that's come in and studied other municipalities. Our job descriptions is a months long process. So, um, so we've had an expert come in and say, These, this is what you should be paying. That's what's coming in to council. As you mentioned, those salary ranges that are going to be adjusted. But from there, We've got, to, we've got to take away saying, well, one of our biggest issues is that we aren't paying correctly. So we're going to, that's going to be gone, and we're going to say, all right, now we should be getting quality candidates. We should be able to retain these great people that we have uh, and have them not leave to go somewhere else. So really, this is a step about accountability across the organization and, uh, and, and again, undercutting this thought that, well, what if? You know, or, and so – uh, you know, our wage index is low in the city of Pensacola, by the way, across our community. And, you know, I would rather set the example instead of telling other private uh, businesses that they should pay more. Uh, why don't we set the example of saying we do need to raise the wage index here? And um, and that's what we're going to do. And again, 75 percent of this this uh, lift is going to people that make less than $60,000 a year. So, um, you know, I think there's a great step for us and it allows us uh, allows a citizen to hold us more accountable uh, and, and certainly allows the organization uh, to be more accountable in 2024. I, I I know you already kind of agree with me in principle. I know this is kind of what you're trying to accomplish, but I'll just kind of, uh, at the risk of being um, condescending, I'm going to say it again just a little bit different way. It, we all know people who do, like, you know, John does three times as much work as Sam. Well, John ought yeah. to get paid three yeah. times as much as Sam. The salary range right. should not limit John. If he's a, And you know, honestly, if he gets it done in 25 hours a week and he doesn't want to do anymore, but he's done three times as much work as Sam – let them work 25 hours a week and do the do three jobs. You know, like I want to, those are the people yeah. I want to attract. And if I'm working in Okaloosa County and I find out that in Pensacola, I can double my salary in less time because they're going to pay me based on what I do instead of, well, you know, I do make more than the average here, but I'm not really getting paid what I'm worth. Those are the people that I want. And I, I know you agree with that. I just, you know, yeah. that's, that's the, that's the goal in my mind. And it's the same goal. What it, that mechanism over 800 employees in 18 departments would be difficult. Sure. How do you measure? I get that. Measurements there. So it, but but the outcome in my mind, the outcome should be the same, which is you empower, you promote the people that are accountable, that are your higher highest performers, and, and then this paying correctly allows you. Let's say you have a low performer. Well, if if the job doesn't pay well, it's kind of hard for the department the department director may keep someone who's eroding the culture of the department, all that, just because they're worried they won't fill the position because it doesn't pay enough. Yeah. See, so those are the, those are the, the unintended consequences uh, on the wage scale as well. And so, um, so again, I think this is more accountability for, for department directors, for the mayor, uh, for, for our you know, entire organization, and it helps us be more competitive. I mean, at the end of the day, we want talented people keeping you safe, you know, uh, keep, keep maintaining the things that we have, building our new projects. We want talented people to do it. And yeah. so we, we we can either put our head in the sand or we can decide that we want to be competitive. And that's what we're going to do. Mayor, I say this more for the listeners who might be asking the question. You're telling me, Andrew, you'd be willing to pay two or three times as much for a government worker as somebody else. I'm just like, yeah, because the end consumer, the citizen, is going to be so much happier in a culture where you pay and right. get results because they're going to be doing the jobs that people are going to appreciate them doing. Let's switch gears a little bit. Let's talk about this um, uh, street safety ordinance, what some people might say is a panhandling ordinance uh, based on their interpretation. It's different from the county, though, a little bit, right? Because the, the county is really focused on preventing people from standing in the median. Your ordinance is more focused on people not interfering with traffic by, for example, soliciting or holding out their hand or you know, something along those lines. Is that right? 
that's right. I, I, we believe that public safety starts with with uh, human interaction with the vehicle. That's so. That's what ours is really focused on: is whether you're in the inter- intersection, on the street corner, uh, in the median. Uh, same general concept, except ours is really tailored to um, interacting with vehicles. And yeah. the bottom line is. It doesn't matter age or race or your income. It doesn't matter. It, you know, my daughter will not be selling lemonade in the intersection. That's not allowed per this ordinance. Um, and, and it's the interaction with the vehicles, reaching your hand out. Because remember, you're, you're from a public safety standpoint, it's not just the pedestrian or the someone who's uh, interacting with the vehicle. It's the it's the driver. It's the people in the driver's car, yep. and it's the driver and the people in the car behind them. I mean, that, that's so you start to have a negative impact across uh, many fronts. Uh, here that that uh, you know I I didn't choose for that person in front of me to stop at a green light and interact with someone on the corner, and why should my safety decrease in that sense? And so um, this is really to protect drivers, vehicles, and pedestrians. Um, that that that's not how we should be interacting with cars. The, the streets were built for cars to move, and and that's what we have to be able to maintain. And so you know that's um, so yeah that's all we're no that's for. a really I, I like that. Uh, that way of approaching it, especially because it seems like that would immediately built in uh, protect First Amendment concerns because somebody wants to stand on the roadside and have a sign or yell or whatever, completely protected because they're not interacting with the car. On the other hand, no matter where they're standing, if they're interacting and impeding, then suddenly that be, I, you know, it seems to me like the county, they're taking, they can take this up tomorrow, uh, their version. It seems to me like the county ought to like switch gears and adopt your proposed ordinance might be more effective than theirs, but I'll talk with them about that tomorrow. Uh, very, very interesting. So that's all going to be next week. Um, wanna always, we always like to end with a lightning round, some quick questions for the mayor because they're always entertaining your answers. Um, you know, some There are certain expressions that are uh, irritating or like for me, things like, you know, it is what it is or give 110%, you know, because I know math. Uh, expressions like that bother me. Do you have a pet peeve expression that people use? Ooh, um, I, I, not one offhand, uh, just overly cliche, but, you know, I've got to be careful what I say because I probably say some and my department <laughs> directors are listening being like, hey, I've got a list of the mayors right now, you know. <laughs> All right. If, um, if I tell you you can have any food at all, any food type, all you can eat, D.C. Reeves, dream all you can eat is what food? Uh, oh, man. Um Probably steak. I don't know. You know, that's a that's a very uh, thirty nine year old male thing to say, I guess. But you know, just a big heaping pile of steak. I is, guess. Is your all you can eat steak all different kinds of varieties, or do you have like a steak that you want the most? Yeah, I mean, look, if I'm if I'm stuck in one category, let's mix it up. You know. Okay, it's so awesome. variety. Yeah. All right, I, I, I don't like options. that. Uh, last thing, and we talked about this yesterday a little bit, is um, in your garage. Assuming that you park your car in the garage. Do you lock the car inside the garage? Do you lock the door to the house inside the garage, presuming that the garage door is down? Um, you know, I think I've told you before, I've, I've got a lot of DC Reeves from Air regalia in the, my garage at the moment. Uh, that you're hoping somebody steals? No one. Campaign. <laughs> right. Yeah, <laughs> I could probably leave that unlocked. Uh, yeah. But um, no, no, I, uh, no, we do not park in the garage. It is our uh, large, large uh, closet at this point. It is. It is. Juncture. So, um, so it's locked uh, out on the street or in the driveway. Okay. And do you lock the the car the, the, the door to the house that's inside the closed garage? Uh, ooh, uh, uh, I'm gonna say on public radio. Yes. 
uh, every <laughs> single night, 24 hours a day. Yes, 100% because PPD is listening. All right, fair enough. And maybe other people as well. Exactly. Uh, Mayor D.C. Reeves, always a pleasure, sir. We look forward to talking to you again next week. Thank you for the time. All right, Andrew, thanks. So